Pastor Hazel is here. Her and her husband, George, uh, Dr. George, founded Victory over 40 years ago. And we're all over the world. We're all over the nation. And we are so excited to have her here with us this morning. Uh, and, yes, go ahead. They have a bunch of books that they've published, and they're with us. So here's what I want to encourage you to do. There's a book on fasting for breakthrough and revival, a fantastic book. You want to get that one, Covenant Relationships, Understanding What Biblical Covenant Relationships Are All About. Excellent book at the table. Praying God's Word is there. You can't, you can't do better than praying God's Word. Colleen just talked about that, right? And that's what all our prayer stations are about for this coming week. Release the gifts of the Holy Spirit. A great book to help you understand the Spirit of God and what He's doing in our lives. Legacy. This is one of the newest books. Zeal for God, Bold Vision, and Daring Faith. And then When Leaders Lead, another brand new book as well. And here's what I want to do. So if you're here and you started a business last year, if that's you, raise your hand. You started a business last year, then you get this book. <laughs> Dr. Hazel says, hey, you're giving away my books. No, we'll pay for it. <laughs> and, but she's a huge giver. She would be doing this. Uh, and maybe um, you're a... Brand new believer. You, you got born again this past year. If that's you, raise your hand. Okay. You get this book. Praying God's Word. What a great foundation. Amen. And everybody else, you'll just have to buy one. <laughs> but some fantastic books and Oh man, what a privilege it is for us to have Pastor Hazel with us this morning. Uh, the last few times she's been here, uh, she's left a great deposit that has greatly benefited the church. And what's unique is the last two times, uh, uh, you know, a, a, the lion's share of that deposit was within the young people. She's got a real heart for young people, to see young people uh, grow and develop and become all who God has called them to be. So I encourage you to be ready, uh, sit on the edge of your seat, be ready to hear the word of God and what God wants to bring us today. Dr. Hazel, why don't you come and minister to us today? God bless you. We love you. Thank you. Amen. Well, good morning, everyone. Wow, I got tired just listening to Pastor Ron there with 12 kids, amen? Praise the Lord. Oh, I'm so excited to be with you today, and I love this church. I don't know if you know it, but when you walk in here, you're all so friendly that everybody that comes in, and I felt this this morning, you feel so loved, Amen. And that's number one in a church. If it's friendly, people will want to come back. Amen. So thank you for making me feel loved this morning. Amen. And I do love your pastors, Pastor, Pastor, um, Pastor, this is terrible. Pastor Scott and Yvette, I love them dearly. Amen. And I do know their name. Amen. 
<laughs> and uh, I'm so happy that they invited me to come here this morning and bring the word, amen, to you. I love the word of God, and I believe it is the thing that we all need to make that foundation strong, amen. Of course, over here you have the Donatas. I want to mention Pastor Ron. Uh, he actually helped me with the book uh, Legacy. So thank you again, Ron and Veronica. Aren't they awesome? They've been awesome people here in the church. It's okay to give your pastors a big hand. Amen. And it is Pastor Scott. I know that, Scott. I can't believe that that happened. But when you get to my age, you got every excuse in the book. Amen. <laughs> but this morning, I do want to bring you a word. And uh, first I'll bring you greetings from my husband and also from the Victory Church family that you're a part of. And uh, we are all over the world, uh, literally, and it's exciting to see what God's been able to do in this last 40 years. Amen. But this morning I want to leave a deposit with each of you. I am thrilled that you're starting your fast on Tuesday. Uh, most of us are in some kind of fast, whatever we've chosen, and it's a time to really get a hold to God. It's a brand new year. Amen. So my message to you this morning is uh, to live the above and beyond life of victory. You might want to copy down some scriptures as we go, but this is a new year. It's a new day and it should be a new you and a new me. Amen. And a new vision for this year, 2020. Amen. Isaiah 43 and verse 19, very powerful scripture. It says, behold, I I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? God is new every morning. That's what the word of God says. And God wants to do a new thing in our life. Uh, 2019 is gone. Amen. And now we have a brand new year. We have a brand new month. We have a brand new day to make a brand new start and be the best you that you can be. Amen. And there's a scripture in the Bible that I want you to turn to in Ephesians chapter 3 and in verse 20. This is a very powerful scripture because it is the key to unlock our faith. Amen. It's the key to unlock our faith. It's the, It'll unlock the way we think and cause us to be able to believe God for the above and beyond life of victory. I love this scripture because it motivates me. It increases my faith. It makes me see God as a big God, not some little God and a great big problem out here. It begins to uh, make us see how big God is. In Ephesians 3 and verse 20, it says this. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. And he works this through according to the power that works within us above our highest prayers, our highest hopes, and our highest dreams. And when we read that, it inspires us and it lifts our faith to believe this is the kind of God that we are serving. We are serving this incredible God who is able to do above anything that you could ever dream about. Think about that. Anything that you could ever hope for, anything that you could ever even imagine in your wildest dream, God is able to do that. But not only is he able, he's also willing. This morning in my devotions in the book of Matthew, I was reading about the two uh, blind men that came to Jesus and uh, they wanted to be healed, of course, right? And Jesus turned to them and he says, do you believe that I am able to do this? And of course, the two blind men said, yes, you are able. 
And not only is God able, he's asking us, do you believe that I am able, the Lord's saying this morning, able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything that you could ever dream about? I want us to get our hopes up this year, get our faith up this year, and let's go to a new level. Let's really believe God. Let's turn around and say, God, I, I'm going to believe your promises. I'm going to walk in your promises. And I'm going to see you do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ever ask, dream about, or even think. That's the kind of attitude we need as we go into this year. And, you know, with our prayer and fasting coming up uh, this coming week for this church, this is a great time for you to seek God, a great time to see what is it God wants to do in your life. Amen. Make it individual. Make it an individual crying out to God to find out what he wants to do. I'll be honest with you. We know I've been a Christian now for 40 years. 40 years. Never ever backslid. I am a Christian. I've been one 24-7 for 40 years. And when sometimes I sit down and I think of all the things that God has done in and through our lives, my it just takes my breath away. It takes my breath away. When I think of all the churches that have been planted, the orphanage that have been started, I think about all of the Bob, I think about everything and it takes my breath away and it brings tears to my eyes because truly God has done this thing. He has done exceedingly abundantly above anything that I could have ever dreamed about. Forty years, if you had told me what God was going to do, I couldn't have possibly believed it with my human in mind. Amen. But God can do it. And he wants to do it with you also. I love that song you sang uh, this morning. He is the way maker, the miracle worker. He is the promise keeper. He is the light in our darkness. Hallelujah, church. This is who we serve. This is the God that we serve. And all of us have dark moments. All of us go through hard times. This life isn't pretty all the time. Amen. We go through difficulties, but he is our light in those dark times. And we have to believe that. We have to believe he is who he says he is. Amen. And then in Deuteronomy 28, we know that uh, God speaks the blessings of God over those who will obey him. And one of the blessings in verse 18 is, I'll make you the head and not the tail. I'll make you above only, it says. Above only and not below. And all you have to do is keep my commandments and obey the word. Amen. Amen. And these promises are yours. So I really want to increase your faith today. And there are three things that I want to give you today. Three things that you can do. Amen. I want to send you home with homework. Amen. Send you home with homework. And number one thing, I want you to make a decision today. As a Christian, I want you to make a decision that you are going to think bigger than you have ever thought before. You're going to think bigger. You're going to imagine bigger than you have ever uh, ever thought or imagined before. It's going to expand your thinking powers and cause you to dream. Amen. God wants us to have a dream. Amen. And in Proverbs 20, uh, 29 verse 18 from the Message Bible, it says this. It says if people uh, can't see what God is doing, they stumble over themselves. And then it says, but when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. 
God wants to reveal some things. And another version says, you know, without a progressive vision, my people perish. Amen. Or another version says they wander aimlessly. They have no uh, no bullseye to, short, uh, to shoot for. They have no dream uh, to possess. And there is no drive without a dream. Every one of us needs a dream within our heart. We need to be shooting for something in this new year. Let's not wander through uh, 2020 without having a vision and a dream and an assignment that's been given to us by God. Amen. When he reveals, and a great time for him to reveal, of course, is when we're in fasting and prayer. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Amen. Turn with me in your Bible. I want to show you a revelation that has uh, really helped me in my life. First John chapter 5. In First John chapter 5 and in verse 4 and 5. I want you to see this because it's so awesome. Here is going to help you when you're in your fast next week. It says in First John 5, 4 and 5, it says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. That's the first part. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Amen? And then in verse 5 it says who. Now we see a whatsoever and we see a who. The who is you and me. But the whatsoever is a vision, a dream, an assignment that is born in the heart of God. Amen? And then it says here, it says, who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, to me, that is very powerful because I want what God wants to reveal, right? I don't want to make up my own vision and my own dreams and do my own assignment, what I'm assigning myself to do. I want something that comes from God. And it says here, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. In other words, whatever is born of God will not be a failure. It's going to be a certain success. Amen. And I love this because God has actually showed me how this works. And I I just cling to that. And I look for that when I'm in prayer or when I'm in worship or wherever I might be. I want God to reveal his dream, his vision, his assignment to me so that I know what to carry out. So that what I carry out, what I spend my time on will not be a failure, but it'll be a success. Amen. Can you say amen to that? I'm going to give you an example. What is born of God overcomes the world, but it has to be born of God first. Then God takes his dream or his assignment and he impregnates us with the assignment. We become pregnant with it and then we can't shake it. We're pregnant, right? And then we want to bring it to pass in a manifestation through obedience, Walking out what God shows us. And what happened to me, uh, you know, so many years ago now, but just in worship when we were at a conference in the United Kingdom, at a conference, minding my own business, just worshiping God. And all of a sudden the thought dropped into my heart. Go to Rwanda and start a children's home and bring in children who are orphaned or street children left over from the genocide. That was the thought that just dropped in my heart. 
Now, I had no intention of ever going to Rwanda. I have never been to Rwanda. It wasn't in my wildest dreams to go to Rwanda. But that was what God wanted. This was a vision that was born in the heart of God. And then God comes along in the middle of worship and drops that into my spirit. I became pregnant with that. I couldn't shake it. I couldn't get it off my mind. So I had to do what God showed me to do. I did go to Rwanda. I did build a children's home with the help of our victory churches. And we brought in children, orphan children, street children from everywhere. And some of those kids today are in university and college and have a life. They have a life, folks. Because why? Because God birthed something into the earth, into the heart of a woman. It could have been a man, it could have been 10 people, could have been 15, but I'll tell you what, when we moved in that direction, then everybody, it seemed, caught the vision. Pastor Scott, during that time, we didn't spend one penny from Victory Missions money. Can you believe that? Every penny came from people who were moved by God, and the money came in. And that is when I became, I came to the place where I actually got to understand and know who Jesus was. I thought I knew the Lord. Really, I did, Pastor. I thought I knew the Lord. But you know what? Until I started to work with orphan children, until I reached out and did what God showed me to do, James 1.27, true religion and undefiled is to visit uh, the orphan and the widow, widow in the time of their affliction, amen, in the time of their trouble. Once I started to work with them, then Jesus came to life, came alive to me in a different perspective. How many of you know that Jesus is like a diamond? He's many faceted. And sometimes we think we know him. But I'll tell you what, there's more of him than you've ever experienced, amen? And we want to experience all there is in him, amen? So what are we going to do? Number one, we're going to think bigger. We're going to go before the Lord in our prayer and fasting, and we're going to cry out to the Lord, we're going to ask him, Lord, give me your dream, give me your assignment, commission me to do whatever it is that you want me to do. That's number one. Number one, very important. And number two is to ask bigger. We have to ask bigger. I think sometimes we think God is a little tiny God and our problem is a great big problem. And sometimes it feels like that. But let's remember how big our God really is. Amen? In James chapter 4 and in verse 2 and 3 it says, uh, Do you not, uh, it says you do not have because you do not ask. You do not have for you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you might expect or that you may uh, spend it on your own uh, your own self or your own pleasure. Amen. So there's a scripture there that really speaks to our heart. Now, I just want to show you this. Go over to uh, the book of Chronicles just for a minute. Second Chronicles. I just want to show you something. It's not for, it's not, when we ask for something, it's not for self-enrichment. It's not for so much for self-enrichment, but it's for the kingdom of God. And when we read this story here in Deuteronomy, uh, oh sorry, not Deuteronomy. It's in, uh, Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles chapter one, 
We just want to read from verse 9. And it says here, Now, O Lord God, let your promise to David, my father, be established. For you have made me king over a people like the dust of the earth in multitude. And then it goes on in verse 4. Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I might go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this great people of yours? And in verse 11, God speaks. Then God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart, that you have not asked for riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked long life, uh, but have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself, that you might judge my people or judge over my people whom I have made you king. And then in verse 12, it says, wisdom and knowledge are granted to you, and I will give you riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings have had or were before you or shall any other after you have. And we know that Solomon was the richest man on the on the face of the earth at that particular time. And here he is, he's asking God for wisdom and knowledge for the good of the people of Israel. Amen? And 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 you see God is not against us having all these other things. He's not against us having uh, riches and honor and all of that long life and all of these other things. He's not against it. He just wants us to have a heart that's first for the kingdom of God. You know the scripture that says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and then what? then all these other things will be added unto you. And we see this example with Solomon. He was asking for the kingdom, for wisdom and honor for the kingdom. But in fact, as he asked for that, God says, yeah, I'm not only going to give you that. It's another another opportunity for us to see that as we ask for his kingdom, that he'll give us all these other things. We seek first the kingdom of God and then all these other things are added unto us. Amen. So let's ask. If we need a car, let's ask for a car. If we need a house, let's ask the Lord for a house. Whatever it is we have need of, but then be ready to use it for the kingdom of God. Can you say Amen. Amen. Any house we've ever had, it's been used for uh, maybe growing a core core group for a church plant or a home group that we've had in our home or whatever might be even taken in foster kids or whatever it is. Everything we have is not for self-enrichment, but rather for the kingdom of God. Can we make a decision that this year it's going to be kingdom thinking? We are going to think kingdom. Amen. We are going to ask God for everything that's going to help his kingdom. Everything we do will be connected to the heavenly vision. Somewhere along the way, what we're asking for is going to help the kingdom of God to be enriched. Amen. Can we do that? So number two is let's ask not to consume upon our own lust, but to ask for those things that will enhance his kingdom. Jeremiah, of course, verse uh, chapter 33 and 3, it's an awesome scripture. It says, call unto me and I will answer you. See, call unto me, and that's what you're going to be doing here uh, next week together. Corporately, you're going to be calling on the Lord. He says, call unto me, and I will show you. I will tell you marvelous, and I'll tell you wonderful things that you could never figure out on your own. I love that. That's from the Message Bible. You can never figure this out on your own. I want that. 
I want that. I am hungry for more of God. God hasn't finished with me yet. Forget about chronicle age. I'll tell you what, while we're breathing, we can be used by God to do what God wants us to do. Amen? And every one of us should be in that place where we want to store up treasure in heaven. Amen? That's our legacy. It's what we're going to leave behind. Amen? A church, we I see you add for volunteers. Amen? Everybody should have a ministry in the church and a mission to the world. Let's jump in. Let's jump all in. Let's get all in in 2020. Amen. And let's give it uh, for God. Amen. And then, of course, the last uh, point is this. We have to have greater faith. Greater faith. And when we think of faith, we always think of something way out there. Something, you know, that we can't hardly attain. But you know what faith is? It's no more really than believing God. Isn't it? Faith is just believing God. Let's just take the promises of God as they are and let's just believe them. Amen. And as we do that, we will be walking in faith. Amen. And of course, when you talk about faith, Hebrews 11 verse 6 has to come to mind. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen. The way I look at faith is I just take God at his word. If he says it, then I believe it, and that settles it. Amen? Now, you might struggle with doubt. Then you can pray the prayer that some people prayed in the New Testament. Lord, help my unbelief. Right? right? There are times when you want something so huge that you have to pray, God, help my unbelief. But as a parent, I I love it when my kids uh, believe me. When I say something, they believe me. They don't think I'm I'm going to renege on it or not do it. I want them to be able to trust me. I want them to be able to have faith in the words that I say. Amen? When I was a young girl growing up, uh, my dad uh, used to uh, do business. And when he made a handshake with somebody, that handshake meant that was a covenant. It was a commitment. And my dad would die before he'd break that. Today we have to go to lawyers and have 15,000 pieces of paper uh, to, uh, you know, to sign uh, to make sure that we're going to be on the straight and narrow. In those days it was a word. And I'll tell you what, our word needs to be that good. And I'll tell you now, God's word is that good. Amen. When God says it, it's yay and it's amen. Amen. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to believe the Lord for these things. We're just going to walk in faith. Amen. Let me share something with you. I want to share this. It's a parable from Mark chapter 4. If you have your Bible, you might want to turn there. Mark 4, verse 26 to 29. It talks about the man who scattered seed upon the ground. He said, this parable is like a man who scatters seed upon the ground. And when I read this, I just saw how prayer works. Amen. And we're stepping into that place of prayer again here in the house. Amen. So Mark 4, 26 to 29, it says, it says, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed shall sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. And then in the next verse it says, For the earth yields crops by itself. Like the first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in a sickle because the harvest has come. 
The harvest has come. I love this because it shows me how the word of God works. Amen. As we scatter the word of God in our prayers, whether it's praying God's word, which is the best kind of prayers to pray, we scatter God's word and then the word begins to grow and we don't know how. We don't know how. We go to sleep at night. We wake up the next day. We pray some more. We go to sleep. We wake up. We don't know. It's like that song that you were singing uh, today, you know, uh, about the miracle worker, right? Uh, even when we don't see it, you're working, yeah. right? Even when we don't feel it, you're working. And God, God is always working. We pray the prayer, but then there is our standing time. We have to stand on the scripture and continue to believe God. But then there's Satan's fighting time. He doesn't like what we're doing. He's against everything we're doing. And so you have his fighting time. But you also have God's working time. Right? And whether you feel it, whether you see it or not, he is working. Some of you are believing for the salvation of your loved ones. Other people believing for healing. Some of you starting new businesses and believing God to prosper you in your business. Man, I'll tell you, you pray that in faith and God is working to bring that to path. And God is not a man that he can lie. His yea is yea and his nay is nay. Amen. So don't lose your confidence. Amen. But I love that parable because it says here that that uh, seed's going to go out there and the ground's going to yield the crop by itself. That word's going to yield the crop by itself. That's where it comes in when the Bible says that the word of God shall not return void or empty, but it will always accomplish that for which it's sent. And we send it through our mouth. Amen. And God's word is just as powerful coming through our mouth as it is through God's mouth. Why? Because it's not our words. It's God's word. Amen? And so we see it always producing. And then it goes on there, and it says we sleep, we wake up, we don't know how it's happening, but it's happening. And then finally in verse 29 it says, And when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in his sickle, because the harvest has come. As I stand here before you today, I can think of many, many prayers that have been prayed over 40 years, right? Millions of billions of prayers that have been prayed. And we've put those prayers out there, but then eventually the harvest has come. What does that mean? It means the manifestation has come. Even my own husband's salvation you know, praying and fasting and seeking God uh, for some time for him to come to that place where he accept the Lord as his personal savior. Yeah, it was difficult in those days, but the harvest came in. <coughs> the harvest came in and I was able to put in the sickle and the manifestation, my husband received Christ. Amen. God is a God of his word. And this week as we go into prayer and fasting, we're going to believe God like never before. Amen. You guys are doing dinners and stuff here and inviting the community. Every one of them is your assignment to bring them to the knowledge of salvation. Hallelujah. And as we pray for them, we're going to see that happen. So let me give you one more scripture. In Hebrews 10, in verse 36, it says, 
For you have need of endurance. Can anyone say amen to that? For you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Doesn't that pull it together? That pulls it together. You have need of endurance, patience to run the race, patience to believe God, patience to stand on his word, patience to confess his word until you see the manifestation of his word. Another scripture, Galatians 6, 9, let us not grow weary in well-doing. Why? Because in due season, we're going to reap. In due season, we will reap. I encourage you in your prayer time, have a little book and write down the prayer prayer request that you have along with scripture uh, that shows it's God's will, right? And as you do that, when you get the manifestation, then you can cross it off your list, amen? Because you've managed to come to the place where you have the harvest, amen? So there's three different things there. Number one, what are you going to do? What's the first one? The first thing, you're going to think bigger, right? You're going to imagine bigger. You're going to think bigger. You're going to cry out to God and let him uh, put within, let him make you pregnant with his vision, his assignment, amen? So that this year, you're only doing those things that God wants you to do, amen? So yeah, there's going to be that. And then what was the second one? Ask. Amen. Ask. Not to enrich yourself, although I promise you as you're obedient to the Lord, you can't but end up being enriched. Amen. Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, all these other things are going to be added to you. Amen. And then the last thing was greater faith. Greater faith. Believing God for greater things. Amen. So that's uh, the word for you today and I pray that you have a take home from that word you'll take those three points home and you'll make them a vital part of your life amen and then we'll see those manifestations come in 2020